When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And, you know, on Avoid the Maze, we talk about a lot of real serious subjects a lot of the time, um, because as we're going through life, we think everybody else is out there having fun except for us. But uh, Mike Montague is going to share something with us about how, as adults, we can be playful. And I see that right behind your head, Mike, something about That's right. playful. So, ah, playful humans. So what made you decide to sort of go on this mission uh, to help us uh, enjoy life more? Well, I, I love that question. And it's probably like a, a two or three parter. So I'll give you the, the short answer. The short answer is I've always been somebody who's playful and enjoys that side of it. I had a really awesome uh, grandma that we credit for this grandma Lynn. Uh, she's like 92 now and still having fun. She was born on April Fool's Day and just kind of like brings that that spirit to life. And she's the one that introduced me to, uh, you know, Steve Martin and Dave Barry and all kinds of great comedy like Monty Python and stuff when I was a kid. And uh, there were a lot of creative people on, on my mom's side of the, the family there. So like artists and musicians and uh, my great grandma was a piano teacher and stuff. And so I wanted to be cool when I was growing up and be on the radio. And uh, I did that, I'm happy to say, in my, my 20s. But I kind of realized that... Um, you know, the dreams and jobs you think of that would be cool when you're a 12 year old is right. not the same as actually doing the job as an adult. And I think that's really what I think we can dive into here today sometimes also is when you're kind of doing what everybody else says and climbing the ladder, you get to a point somewhere around the, the middle age, you know, renaissance or, or crisis where you run out of like steps on the ladder or, or, or you know, checkpoints on the, uh, the map that everybody gives you. And it's like, okay, well, you could just do this for another 25 years, or you're going to have to get creative and, and make your own path and find your own fun in, in life. And I love what you said too, about seeing everybody else that is having fun out there. I think social media amplifies this where right. people don't post their arguments about where they're going for dinner uh, and stuff. They only post the sunsets and, and the, uh, you know, curated makeup, uh, you know, family photos uh, and that one picture out of the hundred that they took that looked good, they look good, right? Exactly. And that starts skewing our, our reality. And then I, the the last part of this is a, about five years ago, I kind of got into creativity and expression and um, being more of your authentic self, and that led me to some really cool places that eventually ended up as Playful Humans, this podcast where I interview people who play for a living. I host game shows for corporate events and team building and, and families here in Kansas city. And it really kind of found its voice. And, and I found my voice through playful humans. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I grew up in the fifties and sixties and there was this message that we were given as kids and teenagers. Um, when you become adult, you need to become serious. You need to go to work. You need to, um, advance, 
Um, and if you don't advance, you better, you know, figure out what you are doing wrong, not necessarily uh, mm -hmm. what the rest of the world might be doing wrong. And I lived that life uh, up until about mid fifties. And um, I realized when people were asking me what my favorite food was, what my favorite book was, do I like to go to the movies? Um, what's my favorite music? I would just sit there and go, I don't know. Um, and yet I knew that I had read a lot of books that I, I really liked. I had seen lots of movies that I really liked. Um, there are foods that I knew that I disliked. I wasn't sure which were the ones I really did like. Um, and it was like, wait a second, I got to shake this up a little bit. This is not how I want to live the rest of my life. And I didn't think I could until yeah. my youngest son finally said to me, mom, stop being depressed and live your life. And it was like, well, that's an odd thing for your child to say to you. Um, he was a young adult, but even so, um, but that's one of the things that he had noticed. I was always taking care of him, his dad, uh, his grandmother, my mother didn't make any difference. And it was like, okay, now how do I do this? I think there's a lot to unpack there for everybody because I kind of say the same thing in my life and career. I can't say I climbed the entire corporate ladder, right? I didn't make it to the top and, and retire in my 40s or anything. But I do feel like I made it high enough to see that there's two things up there. Uh, one is more ladder, if you want it. There's always another, right. you know, rung you can climb and another person or more money and power you can you can seek if you want to do that. But two, that that ladder really isn't leaning against anything. There's, there's nothing really of substance or stability. And uh, I think a lot of people make that mistake too. They try to play for safe or they try and avoid pain and they try to stay in their comfort zone or they think if I just have this more money then we'd be more comfortable and it will be less stressful. But the opposite I found is actually true that those corporate jobs are less stable than entrepreneurial jobs because you control your own destiny when you do something for yourself. And when you try to fit in and be like everybody else and fit in in the, the corporate suit world or the cubicle world, you become a replaceable cog in a machine. When you stand out, you're your authentic self, you're doing something crazy and unexpected Nobody else is doing that. So you become a lot more valuable just from a, a scarcity mindset, let alone all of the other side benefits that you're more excited about it, which means you're paying more attention. You're working harder. Uh, you're, you're getting better at it. You enjoy what you're doing. So you're putting in uh, more effort and attitude and, and learning than people who don't like their jobs. And so I kind of hit the same thing for me. Um, it really was, I, I think the pandemic where it came to a head for me, cause I'm a very social person person. I already mentioned, I used to, you know, DJ in clubs and on the radio and uh, I did public speaking and game shows. And when all of that kind of came to a stop, it was the last part of my life that I was kind of holding on to that was still fun. Yep. And I, I knew it right away, but that's when I started seeking answers because I was like, this is not going to work for me. In the first three months, the uh, day before, or the yeah, the week before everything shut down. So like March 7th, I was on a stage in front of 1200 people. The next Thursday, they're like, you know, stay inside for two weeks. And we all know how that went. But 
uh, it was, I would say even June, you know, about three months in, I was like, okay, I need to find something to do virtual shows or, or to connect with other human beings. I can't just sit inside. That's not who my personality is. And I think that forced me to go look for answers. And that's when I, I found the play research and I was shocked. I was just, man, how come I didn't think of this earlier? How come nobody's talking about this? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because uh, when I first met my husband, um, he's, he believes in being playful. And he just, there were times I would look at him and go, could you be serious for a minute? And he'd go, I am. But if I don't enjoy the moment, he said, I won't be able to deal with what is serious. And it took me a long time to understand that. It's like, hmm. okay, this may be a serious moment and maybe you feel like crying, but why do you feel like crying? And do you have to feel that miserable? And if you don't, how do I get out of it? How do I turn this into something positive? And one of the ways that he got me there was he started taking me to the comedy club once a month, once a week. Wow. And the first couple of times I went kicking and screaming. There was no way I was going to go there and you were going to force me to laugh. And he said, I don't care if you laugh or not. I don't care if you like it or not. And I started finding that, wow, when I'm laughing, when there's humor around me, I really feel good. And, yeah. and I know there's science about that, but most of us feel that we're betraying ourselves going out and having fun when we should be doing something very serious. So how do you, yeah, I let's talk about that a little yeah. bit because, because I love one that I heard you, you sound like both your husband and your son were helping you through this and, and helping try and, and pull you out of it and show you the, the way out for yourself because people have to find it on, on their own. So I think that is one thing for me, humor and play and, and living your best life includes doing it with other people. And so even if it's not your thing, I like to try new things or do what my wife likes or uh, just go see what other people are geeked out about. Because uh, even if, uh, I don't know, a crazy cartoon like Rick and Morty isn't my thing or something, watching it with uh, my niece, because it's her thing, makes it interesting to me. And there, it kind of changes your mood too. Well, the other thing I would say is, I think a lot of people that are depressed want to wait to feel better before they go to a comedy show or be playful. And it doesn't work that way. It's no. the other way around. Absolutely. So it's just like going to the gym. Nobody feels like going to the gym before they go. They feel better after they come out. And I think that's the hard part is you kind of just have to do it scared. You have to do it depressed. You have to do it uh, angry or as a distraction, um, even when you don't feel like it. And that's, that's a tough thing to do sometimes. But that momentum builds the more you get out and do things. And that's really what got me out of my funk there was just going out and playing and doing these game shows and having fun with other people and laughing and uh, being creative around it. I start to, started to build back my confidence and changing my energy and, and vibe that I had out there. And it makes a huge difference because like you said, the rest of it spirals from there. Oh, so absolutely. all the research shows that when you do more playful things, 
you start having these cascading side effects and they're all good. So I've looked for a bad one. If anybody can find a bad one, email me. It's Mike at playfulhumans.com. But you start smiling more. And when you smile more, you look more attractive. And when you look more attractive, you get more opportunities where other people want to hang around you. And so you attract more people. When you attract more people, you get more opportunities. And I mean, just all of them, you lose weight, you stave off Alzheimer's, you, you know, avoid depression and other bad things. It's amazing that all of these cascading, cascading side effects all come from doing what you love. And one last thing, and I'll give you a, sure. a chance to respond. It was my favorite quote was uh, one from Howard Thurman. He was a Supreme Court justice. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. And so oh. I think when we think about doing things that are serious or they have a big purpose or we need to be productive, we're doing it for other people and not for us that if we really look at what makes us come alive, we have a very short time on this earth. And that doesn't mean we need to be productive with it. That means we need to enjoy it, uh, first of all, because when you try to be productive, you burn yourself out. Human beings are not pieces of equipment. They can't just go 24 seven, 365. We have to rest, we have to recover, we have to play, we have to have creative ideas. We have to connect with other human beings. And so I think people that are trying to be productive or get to that next rung on the ladder or uh, have burnt themselves out are missing the point that when you do what is authentically you and what you love doing, you're actually more productive. All the studies show somewhere between 30% uh, percent higher and like 30 times more productive than if you were just working at something you didn't really want to do. Well, in... I have to agree with you a thousand percent on that because my younger son, his love is sports, specifically baseball. And when he is working in his field, he, how much he's making, how many hours he has to work, it doesn't make any difference. Okay. It can be the toughest day of his life, but he's at the stadium. He's with people that have that same sense of wanting to be there. And he's happy. You take him on one of his days off. I'm not going to say he's not happy, but there's a difference. And it's so obvious. Um, you know, I've teased him. He needs to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Um, <laughs> and no, he does need those breaks. But that that's the beauty of where our society is going. We're starting to understand that, you know, when I was going to college, all we talked about was how much are we going to make someday, you know, and how early can we retire? So we were thinking about making the money so we wouldn't have to work and we could just sit around. Well, hmm. I don't want to sit around. Okay. Um, right. My grandparents did that. Okay. And you know, I look back at my grandparents' life, how hard they worked up until age 65. We felt, oh, this is what you should do. But they weren't productive. Let's talk that. about that a little yeah. bit, because I think there's a couple of interesting things there. Number one, um, retirement age of 65 was created in Nazi Germany in the 1900s. And it was, um, it was designed around 1900 when the average life expectancy was 67. So they were taking the people who were 
oldest and least able to work out of the workforce, giving young people new opportunities uh, to work and kind of doing a, a forced retirement there when you weren't going to live very long. Now, the average life expectancy is over 85. And so you have 20 years without purpose. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't work as well. Second, um, that was also designed in the industrial age where we didn't have computers. And so we needed human beings to be with one company and to be robots. So we needed them to work on an assembly line at the Ford plant and do the job of a machine could do. So we set up schools and you know taught people how to follow directions and instructions and to fit in and to stand in line and to be productive and to work eight hour shifts. And we were trying to make human beings robots, but now we have robots. We need human beings to be creative, to make connections, to build culture, to, to you know, do things with confidence or, or uh, with creativity that robots can't do. And so now we're, none of us are built for that. We haven't changed our systems in the way that we've trained and educated people up to this point, that it doesn't work anymore. Most of the research now shows that if you flip retirement, it's actually better for you. If you take gap years and you have fun and explore when you're in your lower 20s, that's when you need to figure out who you are and you need extra time and space to do that. And then when you're older, you need to work and be productive. You need a reason to get out of the house and keep right. moving when it's a little bit more of a, a, a struggle. And I think the last thing I would say is I, I love what you said there. There's a, the parable of the Mexican fisherman. Have you ever heard that one? No. So there was this uh, rich, uh, you know, successful American businessman on, on vacation down in Mexico. And he was, you know, at the beach resort and watching this fisherman every uh, morning, he would go out at, at uh, an early time about six o'clock and he'd fish for about, you know, half the day and until uh, 11 or so. And he'd come in, sell his uh, catch, go have lunch. And the guy could kind of watch him. He would play with his kids by the beach, drink margaritas, take a siesta and, and hang out with his family. And the businessman finally, after a few days of this, was like, I need to help this guy guy out. You know, I, I, he's a young businessman. I can teach him. So he goes to the Mexican fisherman and says, you know, if you work the whole day, if you went out and fished again in the afternoon, you could probably double your catch. You could sell that, maybe buy another boat, hire somebody to do that and scale this thing. And if you really got, got it uh, big, you know, you could sell this business for a lot of money later and, and retire. And the Mexican fisherman said, well, then what would I do? And he said, you could fish as much as you wanted, you know, have lunch with your family, drink margaritas on the beach and play with your kids. And I think it's a perfect example of what we're all doing. It's like, oh, well, you could just enjoy your whole life and you don't have to wait 40 years until you're 65 Absolutely. to enjoy it. Right. You know, and this is something that we all need to pay attention to. Um, kudos to our younger generation because they're sort of forcing us to look at life that yeah, way. Yeah, we're slowly learning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the weekends, I do IT work, and um, I I do it at a best at a Best Buy. And so my coworkers are typically 20, 22 years old. Uh, yeah. And yesterday, I was amazed that one of of the reps there was telling me that he, you know, he was moving to another store. He wasn't going to see me anymore. And he said, you know what? You're the first older person who I really feel is closer to my age. 
And I looked at him and I said, well, I thank you for that. But, you know, what is it that you see in me that maybe I don't? He said, you talk to us, you listen to us, you use our terminology when it's appropriate. And I thought about it and it's like, well, yeah, because that's what I always wanted other people to do with me when I was growing up. And it's like, it's so easy to learn from each other. And I came home probably for the first time in weeks, um, just with this big smile on my face. It's like, I guess I'm really doing what I like to do on the weekends. Um, sometimes it can be very boring because uh, people now are shopping more online than they are coming into a store. So sometimes my training does fall on deaf ears, but that's okay. You know, um, I realize it's something I like to do because I need to be around people. And the rest of the week, I'm on a screen like I am with you. And yeah. as enjoyable as this is, sometimes you just need to be sitting across an actual table from somebody um, and feeling those vibes. Yeah, it's a different energy and, and space, I, I found. The, the two dimension is just not the the same and i could tell two quick stories about that number one i do the same thing I, I host game shows here live it's kind of like an escape room model you can book the room for for your family and right we'll do a, a game show for an hour and we play things like family feud or wheel of fortune and, and price is right we do it for large corporate events too it's, it's super fun but I don't make a ton of my pretty good hourly wage but you know i do like six shows a, a week and it's super fun to do, I really just do it to get out of the house and meet new people and, and change my my energy. But when I was in radio, that's I really realized that because I was a club DJ, I was having a ton of fun. Um, and when I got into radio, you tell the funniest joke you've ever heard and you don't hear anybody laugh, right? Uh, because they're all in their own cars or, or homes or, or offices listening to it. And I kind of feel like Zoom is the same way unless it's a you know, small conversation like this, and we're all unmuted, there's just not that same thing. But you also don't have the, the three dimensional space and creativity. So there's some funny things about how the brain works that I've found in the research that uh, basically, when we're stressed, we all narrow down and we narrow our vision and things come right in front of us. And your body and mind look for one solution that will help you survive when you're under stress. When you can let down your guard and be playful and creative, your mind opens up, your peripheral vision opens up, your brain thinks of more creative ways around a problem, your body relaxes and gets uh, more fluid and, and malleable. And when you have that sort of energy, different things happen. And I think you see that when you're out at like a party or a restaurant or something, there's a different energy when you have to focus on the 360 around right. your head rather than just this two-dimensional thing that's right in front of your screen a foot away from you, right? So what are some things that our listeners can do to, um, to become more playful and make it feel more comfortable? Whereas some people feel like, no, if I do that, and one example I'll give you, um, I'm doing, uh, I'm being interviewed this afternoon and the person who's interviewing me said to me, um, do you know what you're gonna wear for the interview? And I said, well, it's a Zoom call, you know, my typical. And she goes, please, I need you to wear something blue because when you wear something blue, you're more animated. I spent <laughs> part of the weekend looking at various podcasts and she is absolutely correct. 
blue is my favorite color. And I notice you're wearing it as well. Um, and it sparks me. And so I know for me, if I need, if I'm feeling sort of down and don't know what to do, I look in my closet and I find something blue, whether it's a bracelet, a shirt, pants. And then when I start to feel down, I will focus on the color and things change around for me. So what do you tell individuals? That's fun. That's interesting. I do believe in some of the uh, the color theory stuff. I, I find when I find myself wearing blaze and uh, blacks and, and grays, I combine them there <laughs> into blaze, um, the, uh, and all like solid colors and no patterns and, and stuff. I just find myself being more serious and, and somber and, and stuff. But uh, dressing up also helps me a lot too. When I put on a, a suit and a tie, I feel like it's a different energy. And, and when I'm speaking on a stage like that, I, I feel like a good motivational speaker rather than I'm just, you know, putting my sweatshirts, uh, sweatpants and t-shirt and <laughs> hopped on a Zoom call. But um, there's lots of stuff. So you're hinted on, on one of the tips that I like to give people, which is find small things to start changing your energy. I, it doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to quit your job and go start, you know, um, uh, I don't know, banjo uh, band on the beach or, or something like you can uh, start small and just find certain things to change your energy. So you can tell behind me, there's quite a few Legos. Uh, I like to build Lego, play with uh, creative ideas, work with my hands. That's something that helps me like focus. I can put on music and kind of get in the zone doing that to, to change my energy. And it's something that makes me feel at least a little bit productive because I've built something at the end of it. So if you're somebody who doesn't like frivolousness, Maybe think about what you could build, like uh, a cooking lesson or um, Legos or uh, woodworking or anything else, planting in the garden stuff, that, solving a uh, jigsaw puzzle, something that you feel productive at the end of it. You're like, oh, I, I accomplished something. Or same thing with other people, board games and, and stuff help a lot because it at least encompasses your your mind and you're connecting with other people and you feel like there is an outcome to it when you do it. But the other things I would say is generally the number one tip is to lower the stakes. Generally, if you're stressing yourself out or even depressed and, and burnt out, it's because you're taking things way too seriously. Um, none of us get out of this thing alive. So we're fooling ourselves if we do. Um, none of us when we try and control things, that's where we get into trouble. So especially things outside of our control, like other people or the economy or whether we get coronavirus or other things, it's generally um, not in our control. So focus on what you can do and your energy and take responsibility for that. But don't, uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Most people overestimate what they can do in a day and they underestimate what they can do in 10 years or a lifetime. And so if you just take little baby steps to change your energy, to make progress, to take another step forward, eventually you'll look backwards and realize how far you, you've come. So I think that's a huge one. Well, Number three is uh, there's a quiz on my website, playfulhumans.com slash quiz. There's 10 different types of play. So one of the things for me is I kind of am serious too, but I, I'm a, I call it like creative nerdery. Okay. So things you'll see behind me here, there's like a, a autographed Steve Martin book or the Bare Naked Ladies uh, album there and stuff. They are really smart people who are also not afraid to be silly. 
So I don't think it has to be an either or. It can be a both kind of thing. And if you're not an arrow through the head, bow tie, wearing clown type of person, that's okay. You don't have to be. You could be an athlete. You could be an explorer. You could be a producer that that likes to create parties and fun experiences for other people. You could, uh, like we said, do board games or, or computer games, or you could explore in nature. You could be an artist or creative or, or a writer. It doesn't really matter what it is that's fun for you, but do more of what turns you on. I think people that get stuck limit their options. And so if you don't know what it is, start exploring all of those things and find out what really makes you happy. And sometimes those things change over our lifetime where I noticed, um, I really loved soccer as a kid. You mentioned sports earlier mm -hmm. and uh, that was my sport. I, I could play it all year round. It was super fun. I enjoyed it. I was good at it. But once I stopped playing and I got into college, watching soccer was not as fun for me. And I think that people sometimes mistake that in themselves. I, I use the example of the NFL football a lot that um, if you love watching NFL football every weekend, you don't love football. You love television <laughs> and television is not great for you in, you know, three to six or seven hour bursts. So what you probably want to do is go out and find out how can you throw a football around with your kids or, uh, your siblings or your coworkers and see if you really like football or not. And you might find that really changes your energy versus, sitting on in the lazy boy for three hours by yourself in a room and, and not experiencing. You know, that's interesting because uh, I've always liked baseball, but I wasn't one to necessarily sit and watch a baseball game. Uh, occasionally I would go to a baseball game, but because of my son's interest, it has developed, but I don't necessarily sit at home watching a full game. I may start watching it, go do something else. I may even turn something else on or go work on something and then come back and check the score or whatever. I enjoy the experience of being at a baseball game. And it's not just the baseball, it's the vendors, it's the people. It's yeah, being at the park's a little different, right? It's a different it's, energy. There's exactly. people, the crowd cheering and stuff will change your energy, the open fresh air on a nice day, all of that is beautiful. But I think if you nailed it, if you look at those three different experiences of, of playing baseball, of being out in the stands or watching it on television, those are all very different energies and, and capabilities. So sometimes people feel like they have to get in a rut or they get stuck in a, a career because they liked, you know, whatever it is, um, they liked music or they like playing music, but they don't like being a touring musician. Well, uh, those are different things, you know, right. playing and practicing your instrument is different than performing on stage. Or I hear that from singers a lot, you know, singing and enjoying the act of singing can be completely separate from doing it in front of other people. And so um, if you don't like the way you look when you dance or whatever, then dance by yourself, but find some other way to connect with human beings and, and, um, and find other ways to, um, enjoy the company of other people. I think that's a, a big one. Even if you're introverted is find a, an introverted way to be around other people. Absolutely. So how can our listeners find you? Because obviously you said you have this um, quiz out there on your, on your website, which I think would be fun for all of us to take 
to find out what it says about us. In fact, I just took a personal intelligence quiz. I wasn't too surprised at the answers. Um, and then I tried to take it again, thinking I could trick it. No, I got the exact same response ah, that's because fun. that's who I am. Um, and then I had to look at it and say, well, what does it all mean? And that's the difference of saying, you know, okay, so number one, I'm a pleaser um, at almost a hundred percent. And it was like, yeah, I like to please people, but the person who I haven't been pleasing is me. How do I start to change that? Um, and one of, one of the answers for me was uh, learning not to be so serious all the time, not to worry. Um, you know, as a podcaster, I'm sure you, you've seen this too. You invite a guest, you uh, remind them, and it comes time for the podcast, and where are they? Um, and, I, and I'm not innocent in that either. But, some, but in the past, I would get myself really upset. You know, what yeah. did I do wrong? Not about the other person. It was always about me. So that when my next show would roll around, I was really down at the bottom of the heap and it was like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, there, maybe there's a reason, yeah. maybe there's not, but you know what? It's not me and I need to go forward. So how can we find all this exciting stuff on your website? I, I think that's a, a great lesson. And one of the things that I've learned through play too, especially in some of the shows that, that I do is when you have a hobby or something that you're doing, uh, for fun or something that you're doing creative, it teaches you a lot of other lessons you don't expect. So I, I kind of mentioned being productive because, you know, you had, had mentioned that, but I think a big lesson is even when you do things that aren't inherently or directly productive, you don't realize how productive they are. Right. I mean, children learn how to do everything in life by playing. And so they learn how to walk and talk and uh, manipulate shapes and, and objects and, and the world around them through play. And we're doing the same thing as adults, whether we realize it or, or not. And so by me doing the Playful Humans podcast, I learned that, yeah, some of them are going to be fun and great. And it was easy and they got it. Other people, it's really funny. They want to work really hard at the play podcast and they want uh, to prep their questions and they want to know that everything's going to be okay. And it's just like, well, this is a fun podcast. So <laughs> let's not, let's not script out the whole 30 minutes. It's going to uh, suck the fun out of it. And it's fun for me to see because I basically do the same show every time, same thing with the game shows. And so some families can relax and have a great time. Other families are really competitive. Other people uh, really struggle and it takes them almost the whole hour to relax and get into the game. And it has nothing to do with me because I've done hundreds of these. So I, uh, the podcast you want to find is Playful Humans. You can search that on any podcast channel. Wherever you're listening to this one would be a good start, I suppose. It's also on YouTube there. And then PlayfulHumans.com. There's some cool stuff there. There's a club of other adults trying to rediscover the power of play and, and share cool ideas with each other. So you can join that as well. Uh, and if you want to reach out to me, you can find me there uh, as well. But I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Well, I'm I'm so glad we talked about this, especially on a Monday morning, um, because it gives us that energy, you know, to say, okay, I may be back at work, and you know, I may have a number of things on my plate, but how do I make them fun? And uh, that's what I've been doing for the last. 
almost 10 years. And uh, I, you know, I've, I've said this over and over again, there are sometimes as I'm waiting for my next show to start, I'll be looking around my office and go, you know, if they don't call in, it really would be okay because yeah, I could I do something too. else. But then as soon as I see them pop up on the screen, it's like, this is exciting. Now we get to go ahead. So, you know, it's okay to have those thoughts, um, you know, turn them into something fun and uh, let's all go to playfulhumans.com and um, see if we can even be more playful. I'd love that. Uh, I would love it too. Before we go, can I ask you two things? One, sure. you have some toys on the shelf behind you too. Who yeah. are the uh, the pop creatures back there? Yes. So my son, let me grab them. So this one is baby dinosaur from the dinosaurs. My son, <laughs> uh, who's going to be 32 years old, he grew up watching dinosaurs on TV. And so, yeah. and he's the youngest. So I'm the baby, gotta love me. Uh, now he bought it for himself, but he has no room for it. So it's sitting here in the studio. So you get it? All right, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I've tried always to have little trinkets around. Um, my husband had a consulting business years ago called Koala Consultants. And every time we found a little koala bear, it got purchased. And on my husband's shelf, which is to the left of me, there's about five of them there. And these are little things that sometimes we'll just look at and it just brings yeah. a smile to our face. Yeah, something that just makes you happy. I, I love that. And I think uh, being a collector is one of the ways that, that you can play and, and have fun, but it's one you got to be careful with too. That oh. can become <laughs> consuming. And you got to remember that sometimes things don't make you as happy as as people and memories and, and situations. And when you can tie them to a memory or you can let go of those things and pass them on to other people or, or share them with other people. And, uh, you know, let the, the grandkids or the, the nieces and nephews take the toys out of the box. Then sometimes that, uh, <laughs> that's more fun too. Absolutely. But, oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing. What else? Uh, I was going to ask you, what do you do for fun? That's just for you. You mentioned some of the baseballs, but what's so, your thing? But we still go to the comedy club but not as regularly because it started to become too routine. And I said to my husband, uh, yeah. that's not a good thing. Um, one night a week, we typically go to the Dairy Queen because it reminds us of when we were younger. Um, and my son always laughs about it. Oh, you two need your ice cream. And it's like, it's <laughs> not just about the ice cream. It's about yeah. the experience. Um, that's another awesome. great last lesson, though, is when everybody talks about the good old days, what they mean is when they were like 10 to 12 years old. Oh, That's absolutely. Yeah. We had the most fun and the least responsibility. So a great final tip for everybody is if you're wondering what it is that will get you excited for this week, think about what you loved when when you were back in that 10 to 12 year old. Absolutely. You know, fourth the or innocence. fifth grade range. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, awesome. thank, thank you, you so again much. for joining us. Um, this will be posted on YouTube and numerous uh, other venues where you can just listen to it if you don't want to watch the two of us. Um, all your information, Mike, will be in the show notes. So there's no excuse for anybody not to be able to find you. And I just encourage everybody to go out and play today. Have a good one.
Thank you. There you go. Bye-bye now.